0: I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice tumbling down the rabbit hole Hmm?
1: I can see it in your eyes I'm trying to free your mind Nia. you take the red pill you stay in Wonderland
0: and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes remember all I'm offering is the truth
1: i want the truth you can't handle the truth what truth that you are a slave in you trying to understand this 20 year olds
2: fall
0: in and out of love more often than they change their oil filters which they should do more often i didn't see the light until i was already a man
1: you have to let it all go fear doubt disbelief free your mind It doesn't matter who we are, no one cared who
0: I was till I put on the mask. How do you define real? You stay
1: in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. After this there is no turning back. Are we clear, Crystal?
2: Happy Monday. I hope you all had a good Father's Day, especially those of you who are dads. Hopefully you were able to spend it with your kids. I lucked out and was able to get out of work and spend the entire day with my kiddo, and of course that's always the best. Of course, my own father is a few thousand miles away, so I didn't get to see him this weekend, but I at least got to talk to him for a minute. But I hope that a lot of you were able to spend it with your dad, or at the very least, I hope that you had the opportunity to talk to him and wish him a happy Father's Day and tell him how important he is to you and how much he means to you. You know, dads don't get a lot of recognition. When people think of dads, society sometimes thinks of a a variety of things, but they're not always positive thoughts. As a single dad, I think I run into this a lot more than I'd like to. It's one of my biggest pet peeves, honestly. I'm not really the type of person who really cares a lot about what other people think of me. But when it comes to my parenting or how I handle myself as a father, how I interact with my kid, things of that nature, in those cases, I don't take criticisms too well. I'm defensive. About my parenting for a variety of reasons I, I guess like I can't tell you how many times I run into someone that will make a subtle comment to me and my daughter when we're out in public. I'm talking about complete strangers that will say something not necessarily maliciously, but they're well let me let me give you an example here. When I take her to the park on a nice day, and there's a lot of kids there, and 99% of the time, these other kids are there with their moms. Sometimes dad is there too, but even that is rare. But a kid with just dad, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I almost never see that. And, and, and we go to the park you know, two, three times a week, and I almost never see that. And yes, I do pay attention to things like that. I'm, I'm weird. I get it. I look around when I'm out in public or I, I'm at a place like a park. I look around and I see what kids are with what parents. Two to three times a week, we're at the park, and it's incredibly rare that I see another dad there with his kids, and mom is nowhere to be found. If dad's there, mom is almost always in tow as well. So I'm in the minority for that, and sometimes there will be a comment made from a mom who obviously has some poor opinion of dads being involved in their kids' lives or just thinks dad alone is not sufficient or, or whatever, and and like I said, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that this is a malicious thought against dads because I'm I'm sure that's not the case. I think it's mostly subconscious and they don't realize what they're saying and what how they're being perceived when they interact with me. So as an example of a, a semi-frequently common scenario, something that I've run into more than once, a mom might see my daughter running around and maybe she falls or something or something happens. And, and before I get over to her, because I don't I don't just hold her hand, I, I don't lose sight of her, but I don't just hold her hand and stand right next to her. So I might be a little bit of a distance away And I'm also not the parent that's going to like sprint over there if she just like scraped her elbow, like I'm not trying to baby her, you know? So before I get over to her, some other mom might go check on her quick. And one of the first questions that I, I can hear as I'm walking over is, oh, honey, where is your mommy? And of course, my kid's answer is something like, I don't know, or I think she's at home. And as I'm walking over, you know, I'm I'm hearing this or hearing bits and pieces, and I can see the look of terror in this woman's face as if the kid just told her that she was at the park by herself. There's never a follow-up question like, well, what about daddy? There's just that that instant look of fear like, oh my God, I just found a three-year-old playing at the park by herself. And then I get over there and I see, yeah, yeah, I'm her dad. And I could see the instant relief on her face. Like she must be thinking, oh, thank God. I was worried that she didn't have anyone. But why would you think that? All you asked is, where's mommy? Why does this subconscious mentality exist? And like, I've said it several times already, but... I'm not saying that this woman is being malicious or that she's consciously thinking, well, dad must be a shithead. But it seems to be something like that, at least on the subconscious level. Dad is such an afterthought. Let me give you another example. We're at the grocery store, checking out, standing in line. You know, I got kiddo little three-year-old playing in the shopping cart or getting ready to load stuff up onto the little conveyor you know so the little conveyor belt thing when you when you're checking out um, and someone else will make a comment about you know how cute she is or they'll start talking to her or something like that and sometimes they ask her something to the effect of oh mommy must be happy that you and daddy are doing the grocery shopping today like this little jab, like dads don't normally do grocery shopping, so, you know, mommy must be happy, or mommy must be appreciating the fact that you guys are doing the grocery shopping. Well, actually, there is no mommy in this house, sorry. I get to be mom and dad. And I'll usually respond with something like, no, no, it's just me and her, you know, we always grocery shop alone, mommy doesn't live with us, or, or something of that nature. You know, it's really none of this person's business, and I probably shouldn't really even say anything. But at the same time, I'm I I I don't like that perception, so I have to say something. But at the same time, you know, I'm trying to be polite. I'm trying to contain my anger and frustration because, again, this person is not being malicious. They're just that's just their perception on what they see and that's that's a societal norm. That's not just this person. Like I said, I've experienced this a number of times with different strangers. And yes, I do feel the need to say something. And so I say something like that because again, I'm I'm trying to be I'm trying to be honest and I'm trying to be calm and just, you know, not not get into an argument with this person because they're not being rude. They're not being malicious. I'm not trying to be rude back to them but then when i say when i say that when i when i say that you know we always grocery shop alone because mommy doesn't live with us or something then i i can see the look of surprise on this person's face and then they follow it up with something that's even more <laughs> going to put me on the defensive they'll follow up with something like oh really that's interesting and she lives with you? This like little confusion and shock and surprise. I'm, I'm just curious. And I don't really know because I'm not a single mom. So I don't know this for sure. But I certainly believe that this type of thing practically never happens in the opposite scenario. How often does a kid fall at the playground and have a stranger ask, where's daddy? And then how often is that person in shock when a woman walks up and says, oh, I'm the mom, dad's not here? I don't think that ever happens. How often does a stranger approach a mother and her kids at the grocery store and ask them why dad is not doing the grocery shopping? I feel like I would get into an argument with some woman if i did that at the grocery store if i'm standing in line at the grocery store and i see a mom and her kid and i make a comment to her like oh I, I where's dad at i'm surprised he's not here doing the grocery shopping i bet i bet he appreciates that you're doing it today i'd probably get punched in the jaw if i said that it actually would be an interesting social experiment to try and find someone especially someone maybe that's not wearing a wedding ring you know, try to find someone that I, I can I can think is possibly a single mom. Obviously the wedding ring would indicate not a single mom, but if they're not wearing a wedding ring, you know that that might be a clue that this is person's a single mom. I wonder how they would react to that if I said something like that. If I start asking why dad isn't in their lives. I feel like people would get super defensive. But it's, but it's okay to do that to a guy and his kid? A complete stranger? It's frustrating to me on an almost inexplicable level that our society has this idea that dads can't be dads without moms. Like I said, when I see dads at the park, nine times out of ten, mom is there too. I see moms by themselves all the time, but if I see a dad, usually mom is there too, and they're just there as a whole family. I don't see just dad and kid very often. These are complete strangers that are irritating me. But I can get over it simply because of the fact that these people are strangers. And, and like I said, I always remind myself that this person is not being malicious. They're not trying to be rude. And I'm not emotionally invested in their opinion, so I I can move on. It frustrates me, but I can move on. But let me tell you what really bothers me. This is what really gets me, guys. When I go to a friend or someone who is close to me, and I complain about situations like this, you know, when it happens and I go tell another friend, and rather than that friend seeing it from my perspective or trying to see it from my perspective, This is someone who is supposed to support me when I'm down, and they respond by trying to justify the stranger's reaction to the situation. For example, Well, I think it's probably because everyone knows it's different for a mom. The connection a mom feels with her kids. Really? Are you telling me that dads don't feel a connection with their kids? Are you telling me that the good dads out there in this world don't have a special bond to their children? So I'm your friend, I'm the single dad, and you're downplaying my love for my child, my bond with my child, my relationship with my child. Why? Because I have a penis instead of a vagina? I fought for my rights to be a dad. Those rights weren't just handed to me. My daughter's mom was trying to take those rights away, and I had to fight for it. I had to defend my right to be dad. I even had people telling me at the time that that fight's not worth it, and I should just you know, let her go and cut my losses and and move on with my life. How many people give that advice to a woman? How many people would tell a woman going through a divorce and custody battle, eh, you should just let your kids go? I had several people telling me to do that. Or here's my personal favorite response that I get, again, from my friends, trying to justify why strangers make these comments to me. This is my personal favorite. Well, you know, kids need their moms. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you telling me that society has gotten so used to the deadbeat dads that people don't even think that kids need their dads? You're going to tell me well kids need their moms? What are you saying that they don't need their dads? You're my friend and you're now telling me that my own daughter doesn't really need me? She needs her mom and I'm just I'm just this bonus. Which I've I've actually had people tell me that too. Friends, people close to me that my daughter is so lucky to have a good mom and a good dad. Yes, she is. I don't disagree with that. But when you dissect that statement and what the person's really saying, they're calling dad a bonus. You know, kids that have a good mom, if dad's gone, you know, they're lucky they have a good mom. That's, that's, the, that's the perception, right? But a, my daughter, having a good dad, that she's like extra lucky because I'm just this bonus... But she doesn't really need me? Are you serious? And you're supposed to be my friend? All they need is mom and dad's just a bonus. Folks, do you know how many studies are out there that talk about the importance of dad in child development? Studies don't lie. And they all say something about how the lack of a father leads to the child developing poor relationships in their future, possibly ending up in these abusive relationships, getting taken advantage of, getting beaten. Kids without dads are more prone to struggle with addiction to drugs or alcohol. They're more likely to develop behavior problems as a child and adolescent more likely to develop personality problems, other mental disorders as a young adult. There's a researcher by the name of Ronald Rohner. He's been studying father-child relationships since the 60s. In a study that he published in the uh, Huffington Post a little while ago, he concluded that a father's rejection hurts a child even more than a mother's rejection. Now, of course, there might be exceptions to this. But the overwhelming trend that he found was that dads tend to wield the most influence when it comes to rejection. And Roner's 50-plus years of studying this stuff is not the only example. You can go to Google and Google impact of fathers on uh, child development importance of fathers in child development, things like that, and you will find study after study after study that talks about how important dad is. My friends, don't fool yourselves. Dad is not a bonus. He is a necessity. Dad is a necessity in every child's life. But here's the kicker. Pay attention to this. I want you to hear this. The title of dad doesn't have to start with being a sperm donor. Any man can fulfill that role of sperm donor, but that doesn't make him dad. That title is one that is earned over a period of time. And make no mistake, it doesn't have to start with a DNA connection. You know, on Father's Day, especially if you don't have your biological father anymore for whatever reason. I hope that you also remembered to thank any male role model that influenced your life in a positive way. Stepdads, uncles, older brothers, grandfathers. When the sperm donor becomes a deadbeat and makes that selfish catastrophic decision to not be in his own child's life and another man steps up to fulfill that role those are the ones that we need to recognize because contrary to what people tell me about moms feeling a natural bond well guess what biological fathers do too But if you're a stepdad, you're coming into the situation without that DNA connection, without that natural bond, and you're loving that child just the same anyways. You're stepping into that role, you're taking that burden on, and those are big shoes to fill. And if that's you, if you're the stepdad, then I hope that on Father's Day, you remember that we all are recognizing you as well because you are just as important. Any man can be a positive influence in a child's life. It doesn't have to start with biology. If your biological father was a deadbeat, but somebody else stepped into that role, always remember that the title of father doesn't have to be someone in your DNA. It just has to be someone in your heart. I'm going to take a short break. This is Third Degree Mind. Thanks for being here and don't go away. Hey everybody, it's Jay, creator and host of 3rd Degree Mind Podcast. I created 3rd Degree Mind in February of 2018, and we've seen some amazing growth over the last year or so. I'm happy to announce that 3rd Degree Mind is listened to every month across the United States, and in about a dozen different countries. To me, that success tells me that this topic of self-growth and reflection, especially relating to some of these issues that stem from mental illness, is something that needs to be talked about. When I first started this podcast, I had no idea where it would go. And a year after we launched, we're still growing at an exciting rate. Each new episode finds more people than the last, and I consider that a remarkable success. But I need your help to continue to grow our audience and extend our reach. My goal over the next six months is that we add even more people to our growing audience from around the world. One of the easiest ways I think that we can do that is by harnessing the power of social media. And that's why I created a Facebook page for Third Degree Mind, and I'm hoping to get all of you to like us on Facebook. Just search for Third Degree Mind, and you can like or follow the page there. When new content is posted to the page, hit that share button to share the content with your friends and help me to extend our current reach. Currently, less than 10% of our regular listening audience follows us on Facebook and I'd like to get all of you on board on the Facebook page. Our Facebook page is also the easiest way for you to get in contact with me if you want to share some of your own experiences or give me feedback on the show's content. I'm always looking for feedback from you guys, so let me know what you think about the recent episodes or any topics that you want to see in the future. Thanks for listening to today's episode, and I hope to see all of you on the Facebook page. I had the opportunity on Friday night to go see Blue October live in concert here in Las Vegas. And let me tell you, that was the best concert that I ever went to. I've been a huge Blue October fan since my teenage years when I first started my own struggle with mental illness. The founder and lead singer, Justin Furstenfeld, is one who suffers from mental illness and a wide variety of problems because of it. He was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. He suffers from you know, severe depression, anxiety, thoughts of suicide. He went through a really bad drug addiction phase. And he's very open about his personal story and his journey. He's always been one to write passionate songs that tell the story of his life and struggles, both the good and the bad. He has some extremely depressing songs, especially the older ones. And now a lot of the newer albums are all about recovery and positivity and surviving. And when he talks to audiences during his shows you know he talks a lot about the good in life and overcoming and it's not the end and he's he's a very inspirational guy and he he has a way of speaking that captures your attention and immerses you into his world and in what he's saying he's a very very good speaker In the last decade and a half, he's written so many powerful songs filled with emotion. And when I first discovered Blue October, I instantly fell in love, especially as I learned more about his personal struggles. He doesn't just sing songs that someone else wrote, and, you know, they might mean something to someone. These are songs that he wrote himself while he was in pain. It's his story. These are songs that he wrote with passion, and like I said, good and bad, talking about the highs and lows of his life. He even went through a nasty divorce and custody battle and got screwed by the legal system of family court, and he put out an entire album putting his anger and struggles on display for everyone, telling that story. He's not afraid of who he is. He's not afraid of sharing that. And he's he's always been one of my biggest role models. This is my first time seeing him live. It's such a moving and captivating experience. Amazing performance. I absolutely loved it. It's real different from his uh performances 10 10 years ago, 12 years ago, you know, during his his drugged-out years, because now the show is all about overcoming and being strong. And he talks a lot about family and his kids. He he never used to do that. He's such a proud father. I put a video up on the uh, Third Degree Mind Facebook page of a little monologue that he gave while I was there. I recorded it on my cell phone. He tells a little story about one of his songs called Into the Ocean. The song is about 12 years old. It's about jumping off a ship into the ocean to to end it all. You know, it's all about suicide. He talked about, uh, in the the performance, you know, when he was talking about this, he talked about the shit that he must have been going through. And he tells a story from a, a recent experience involving his children and his wife and how he's so blessed and so happy that he didn't kill himself 10 years ago check that video out on the Facebook page uh I'm not gonna play it here because you have to see his gestures and his reactions and and also because I recorded it on my cell phone the the audio quality is not all that great so I think if you only hear the audio side, like in the podcast here, you're, you're, you're and you don't get the video, it's probably difficult to follow what he's saying and, and understand what he's saying. So I'm not going to spend the time right now playing it for you, but go ahead and check it out on Third Degree Mind Facebook page. It's about six or seven minutes long. But I do want to share another segment from one of his talks to his fans telling his story of depression. I want you to listen to this and and ask yourself if this sounds like you, especially if you if you struggle with severe depression. I know when I'm going through those difficult times of depression, this describes me perfectly. And like I said, he's just a very captivating speaker. He's very easy to listen to. I love how he tells this story so openly. And even more, I love how. He tells the world that it's not going to define him. It's not going to cause him to stop living his life. He tells how he overcomes it and why life matters. It's a moving story from a passionate guy. And, and he's so great at engaging his audience when he tells his story. Check this out.
0: We pull into each club every morning in this little tour bus. Not little, but you know, it fits 12 guys. It smells awful. But it's home, you know? We sleep in these little bitty bunks. We call them coffins. They're so comfortable, because that's all we've really known for so long. As long as I have forensic files on my iPhone, i totally fine. There's something comforting about someone else's dead body. But I go to sleep eventually, right? But every morning And I don't Well, I do know why But every morning I wake up in this panic Sweating And and I don't really know what to do But I just can't get it together So I I reach for my cell phone Like Instagram or Twitter is going to help, you know but then I stop and I say, no, no, you, you're going to do exactly what you did yesterday and the day before and the day before. Just try to calm down. And I can't. So I start thinking to myself, did something happen to my kids? Are my, are my kids okay? Did something happen to my wife? Is something, something happened to my dad? And I start freaking myself out. And I just start, sh- voice comes on in my head right and it says hey justin this is justin you need to chill the fuck out dude and, and, and i say man you don't understand you don't understand this is different he goes different than yesterday and the day before and the day be- yeah this one's worse this one's worse it's got me this time and i can't figure it out he goes okay this is what we're gonna do now listen to me, you're gonna get out of bed. I can't do that today. Yes, you can. I can't do that today. It's too hard. Yes, you can. No, I can't shut up and stop being a bitch get out of bed. Okay? So I get out of bed. And now I'm in this hallway, and he says, you see that light up there? That's the bathroom, let's go to it. So I start walking down this hallway and my legs are just weak. Something's not right. And then I get into the bathroom and he says, Now wash your face. And I wash my face. And he says, No, 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 no. Wash it again. And I wash it again. And he says, Now look up in the mirror, Justin. Don't you love who you see today? I do, I do. But you don't understand this depression, this anxiety. Because shh, shh, shh you've been dealing with it your whole life but this is what I want to ask you just like I'm gonna ask you tomorrow morning before you went to bed last night Justin think about it all day long did you lie to anybody no I didn't were you kind to every single person you came in contact with yes I was were you faithful to your wife yes I was Did you honor your children by working as hard as you possibly can? Yes, I did. Were you there to listen to your friends for once? Yes, I did. Then there's nothing wrong. It's all in your head. That's just that depression fucking with you, man. So what I want you to do now is take a deep breath and go put on your shoes. I don't know if I can do this. Go put on your shoes. Okay, I'll put on my shoes. And I went and put on my shoes. And then he says, now turn around and we're going to get outside of this bus. We're going to go outside. I can't go outside today. I can't go outside today. You're going to go outside. Shut up and move that door. Open that door. And I pushed that door open. Okay Today I have a choice Today I have a choice Yes, depression Yes, anxiety Yes, recovery But I have a choice to get out of that fucking bed And not sit in my own shit anymore Today I have a choice And you know what's really crazy is every single time I just try, tell myself, just try. And every single time I try, you know what? It always works out. So I will keep doing this every single day of my life if it leads me to you guys every single night. Today I don't have to talk about how I want to jump off a ship into the ocean to prove how fucking crazy I am. Today I want to talk about solutions. Today I want to talk about how beautiful this life is. This song is for you. This is called Into the Ocean.
2: I think he's unique in performers and celebrities that The way he tells his story is reminding to everyone that he's a human being. And this is what he goes through every morning, even before coming on stage to perform. But he's going to do it, and he's going to do it because he's going to come out and talk about recovery and not talk about jumping off a ship and killing yourself to to prove how crazy he is or, or whatever. He's a powerful speaker with a powerful story and he's not afraid to be who he is and share it. He tours for suicide awareness, for depression, for mental illness, for all those things. And it, it's such an inspirational story. The more you hear him speak, the more you hear about what he went through, what he goes through every day, and his willingness to overcome. And my absolute favorite part is this.
0: is every single time I just try, tell myself, just try. And every single time I try, you know what? It always works out.
2: Every time he gets the courage to just try, it always works out. I think that's the great message. It has to start with that choice from within you. It has to start with a desire to not let depression rule your world. And like he says, every time I just try, guess what? It, it always works out. I'm going to leave you with that today. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you again real soon. Check us out on the Facebook page Third Degree Mind if you need to reach out. You can always send me a message there. Uh at towards the end of his show, Justin gave another little speech and he, you know, he he ended that one by saying that everyone has a right to be happy. And I hope you're happy, which is actually the title of this song. Hey, it's Jay, creator and host of Third Degree Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I wanted to close really quick by reminding you that Third Degree Mind is produced primarily for entertainment purposes and is not intended to treat or diagnose any mental illness and is not intended to replace clinical psychiatry. I am not a licensed therapist or physician, so if you feel that you need mental health treatment, please always seek that appropriate care in your area. If you're feeling actively suicidal, please call 911 or take yourself to an emergency room. If you're in the U.S., you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255 or contact them using their online chat service at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And once again, they are available 24-7.